You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real with host Ray Zander. Get ready to expand your life, your knowing, your alignment with Source. Hello, everyone. You have landed. You have landed at Everyday Attraction. This is your feel-good sister, Ray. And this is your feel-good sister, Heather. We're so glad you're here with us in this amazing time on planet Earth, being in the United States. Oh, what a time. <laughs> Everyone, clap. Round of golf claps for contrast. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> we are so glad you're here. If you're finding us for the first time, hey, welcome. We are a couple of chicks sitting around talking about feel good flow and uh, and how to really master the law of attraction because you're a genius. You just sometimes forget. And everyday practical ways to be more powerful in the, in the world, to create your reality with more gusto, and and also to get yourself out of those holes that you dug. <laughs> Simple. What holes? There are no holes. <laughs> Just teeny little stumblings, which we love. Today we're going to talk about desires, one of our favorite topics, but also um, understanding resistance and desires. And this is prompted by a delicious workshop. Uh, segment that we heard from Seattle, Washington, just after the Alaska cruise in this beautiful 2016. And um, so we'll play a little bit of that track as we always do every week. We kind of like to dive in, play a little appetizer and and then go deeper onto the metaphysics and the kind of just understanding the principles of, of what's happening when we desire and when we run into resistance. Well, one of the first topics I want to bring up, Heather, is the difference between desiring something and yearning. Let's talk about that. How do you work with your clients? How do you discern if they're truly in the feel good flow around their desire or if they're just kind of caught up in a need base? Uh, more energetically, I think. Um, when I, I go based on feel, um, I love, I'm learning this new thing about the different brains and we have seven brains in five in our head and then we have a heart brain and a gut brain. So I use my gut brain to feel into the difference between the essence of them pushing where it's like this pushing and yearning kind of go together versus yeah. a desire feels more light and more um, detached from the outcome. I like that. I think that's kind of a good lit- litmus test is that when you talk about the desire are you complaining? Are you focusing on why you want it, which is a little bit of um, beating the drum of justification of why you should have it? Or is it? Is there a lightness? Is there a fun, a frivolity, an excitement? Uh, wouldn't it be nice if? I think that's kind of a good thing because a yearning desire can never come 
Because what happens with a yearning desire is that you, you powerful creator, are focused on the absence of something. And so you just create a bunch of more absences and you gather evidence for more absences. So we talk a lot in the Abraham practice about identifying what you don't want through contrast. Mm, Kiss that contrast, right? Identifying what you don't want and then really diving in more deeply into the do want. Um, What is it that I do want? And and I know that that is such a powerful thing when you get a hold of the do want and really, really begin to hone your focus on that. And it's it's something that um, I think is is important to um, practice. I guess that's the word um, because we have a tendency to get really stuck in the don't want and it almost become like glued to it, like trying to run away from something. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. It's it sucks us in sometimes. Agreed. Agreed. And I think the Abrahams are talking about sort of this twisted marriage of desire and resistance. And I think what we're going to learn from the track today and kind of unravel a little bit is this this sort of combination of desiring something, but having a fair amount of resistance woven into that energy so that the do want can't stick for very long, right? And we were just talking about this before the show where Abraham was talking about there's sort of two categories of people and they see most people in category one, which is you go through contrast, you identify very clearly through the contrast what you don't want, And then you get some clarity on what you do want, but you immediately go back to another don't want. And you kind of focus a lot, again, on the complaining and the not having and justifying why you want it. It's just a very subtle thing. But once you get it, once you click in, it's like get out of jail free card. It's so awesome. So they said the majority of us kind of are on this hamster wheel where we we go through the contrast, we identify the don't want, we get clarity on the do want, but there's so much resistance that we immediately go back into the, you know, the don't want phase. And um, so that's one category. The second category is where people who are are releasing resistance, doing other practices to align, align. And then when they get contrast, because everybody gets contrast, <laughs> um, they, they identify the, the do want and then they fluff it up. They're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if and let's focus on the do one and let's take it out for a walk. And let's just what if it what, what, what if I do want from this angle and do want from that angle. And and then they move their energy up and the momentum up where the do want can come into the physical. So anyway, I found that kind of interesting. I think it's it's that muscle building thing. For me, I used to always focus on the don't want because I think I was programmed with so much negativity from that, you know, zero to eight range of my subconscious programming. But with um, time that building the muscle and looking at what I do want, it's easier and easier and easier. So it's something to to look forward to if it's not where you are now. It's a good point. It really is a, a practice. It's a muscle that you build. So you can't really beat up on yourself if you're in category one and you're kind of more in the resistant part of you and your desire, sort of fighting for your desire. Um, and, and it's okay. It's just there is another place where desires are, are a little bit more fun and less yearning and less needy, where desires are things that pop into your mind and they're sort of like candy. They're like mind candy. They're like, ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Um, and so I, I think it's sort of this interesting idea of also understanding, which is what we're going to hear in, in this small little snippet we're going to listen to, is that desires will shift 
in your consciousness as you release resistance to them. So if you're desiring something like maybe you have a desire to, you know, have a certain home or have a certain marriage or have a child, um, if there's a lot of resistance in that desire, it's going to look and feel different than when you release the resistance. There's a detachment that happens. There's a wouldn't it be nice if kind of energy. And I thought that was interesting because I think some of my desires I enjoy thinking about and others I don't. And now I know why, because they're so fraught with resistance that it doesn't really feel good to think about them because I'm more on the what I don't want side. Right. It's It kind of goes back to that topic they said, every topic is two topics, that lack end of it and the abundant side of it. And I think of it as um, if it's too far from where we are, it's just not going to feel good, right? If it's too far from where we are. So we can't get from the 22 emotion to the one emotion in one leap. We have to intro way up. Exactly. Let's dive into this track a little bit and listen for a bit and then we'll take a break and, and dive more deeply into this beautiful concept of desires and contrasts. And again, this was from the Seattle workshop in 2016. Find out more at abraham-hicks.com and just buy everything that they offer. It's so awesome. But here we go. Avenues you were just talking about. I want to open myself up to those avenues. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've gotten really, really happy in following a lot of your processes, and I've so often found myself almost at the point of not caring if I get any of my stuff. <laughs> well, we want to clarify something. You don't stop caring because once it's in the vortex, the larger part of you is caring really a lot. So it's not that you've stopped caring; it's that. Almost everybody associates what they want with the resistance of yearning. And so when you give up resistance, sometimes it feels like you've let go of your desire. But you haven't. You've let go of the resistance of the desire. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. And so don't say that you've stopped caring because your desire is not only still there, it has evolved. It's that you've just associated caring with yearning. So does the desire change? Does it look different? Like, like, Yes, depending on where you are. We talked about that earlier. As your inner being is calling you from where you are to where you want to be, depending upon your level of resistance, your desire does look different. For example, let's say that you want prosperity, but you've been believing for a long time that you don't have the right occupation or you don't have the right education or you don't have the right placement in life so you've got beliefs that don't allow you to move freely to this desire so your inner being is calling you to the desire but you can only translate it through the lens of your beliefs so yes it changes continually the more resistance you let go of the more open-ended it all feels and the more you begin to believe in the bigness of everything that you desire so Right before I got up here, I said to myself, she's answered most of my questions and the other ones I'm beginning to think I shouldn't even ask because I think that the point is to just kind of be happy and beat that drum and then those questions will be asked, yes. answered. Yes, So, um, And then we called on you. Yeah. <laughs> so and we had to beat your friend with a stick to get her to, <laughs> to not come instead. So I think I'm just going to... You know, when I see those things come up to me and kind of stick their, you know, what it seems like their nose in my face, but I know it's the opposite. And I kind of direct myself away from that. What are you talking about? 
Well, like if I have some resistance in my life or some contrast and it's kind of pointed, it's, it feels like it's coming up and surfacing and I have yes. to look at it. Yes. And I kind of work my way out of it. You know, like I've been going up your emotional scale, working my way through. Embrace it. Stuff. Appreciate it. Say, you are a gift to me about something. There's something here for me. You're helping me work the bugs out of something. Because here you are, you feel like you're in the way, but here you are. So you must be important to me because things are always working out for me. So here you are, and from my relationship with you, whatever experience this is, I'm getting closer to clarifying what I want, closer to vibrating in harmony with what I want, closer to getting what I want, closer to being in the receptive mode so that I am moving along to that sweet spot of what I want, translating thoughts to things. So don't have to worry about, like I remember you said, once you have a dream, it's always a dream. And it can change in what it looks like, but basically it's just a, ba a dream of happiness that you've kind of put a vision on. Well, let's clarify this. So you've been putting things in the vortex, and now it's bubbled into some significant what you want to call dreams or what some want to call goals. There's a lot there, and it's, it's big. Now, you ask the question, is it changing? Yes, because every day you're putting more into it, more definition into it, more intricacy, more specifics into it, so it is morphing. But it's not changing so much that we even need to call it changing. It's just being shored up. It's just transmitting a stronger signal. It's just getting itself to be more ready for you to be ready for it. So the question isn't about what it's doing. Let's not talk about whether it's changing. Let's talk about your path of least resistance to it. Now, this was a new conversation that we just began having today in this strong way, and you're amplifying it. It's your readiness that is changing, not your dream. Your dream is changing, but it was big a long time ago. In other words, it's time for you to begin letting it be yours. It's you that's changing. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find more about this marriage between desires and contrast and resistance and, more importantly, letting it go. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Everyday Attraction. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Now return to Everyday Attraction and the Metaphysical Porch with your spiritual neighbor, Ray Zander. Have a sit, get something to sip, and let's get real. Spiritual. Before we get back to this week's show, we want to tell you about our emotional essential oil blend of the week. It's called Console, the comforting blend. Here's what we know about our emotions. They are chemical patterns that live in the cells of our bodies. Scientists have studied a part of our brain called the amygdala, where emotional patterns can get stuck, especially associated with negative experiences. We also know that our olfactory system, our nose, is directly connected to this part of the brain. Pure essential oils are natural occurring substances that get absorbed through our nose and are delivered right to our brain's emotional center. So when we breathe in these high-vibrating, non-resistant oils, they go to work breaking up emotional patterns that help us feel better. 
And the experience? Well, it's delightful. You can cold fuse these oils in a room or just breathe them in right from the bottle. I never leave home without them. Console, the comforting blend, can help you close the door on sadness. And it can also help you take your first steps toward more hopeful feelings, toward emotional healing. doTERRA's Console Comforting Blend features frankincense, patchouli, alang-alang, sandalwood, rose, and osmanthos. To get hold of these negative emotional busters for yourself, go to our website and click on the Feel Good Products section, which will lead you to our doTERRA site. We've chosen doTERRA because we know that these oils are third-party tested and guaranteed to be certified pure therapeutic grade, purest on the planet. We also know doTERRA works closely with their farmers, helping to build a more sustainable life for these people and their communities. We also love the wholesale pricing. Check it out today, everydayattraction.com. Click on the Feel Good Products link and the Emotional Aromatherapy from doTERRA. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from the break. So we, we listened to some interesting stuff. What came up for you, Heather? Anything right off the bat? Well, I just love that piece that they were talking about, that our desire is is changing, but we're changing too. And um, it's kind of interesting how, like, when we give our desire to source, source kind of morphs it for us while we're aligning. It's like two different things are changing, but they're kind of coming together. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's it's almost as if it's in a safe place and it's evolving and it's like that diamond in the rough is becoming shinier and more more details. And yet I'm not really doing that process. Like my inner being is shining that up and making it more clear. And uh, I think that's a powerful thing to understand because sometimes desires can feel sort of slippery and you feel like you have to give up on them or you feel like you have to let it go. And it's nice to know that it's in a great place, that it's evolving outside of your conscious efforting. I love that. I like the the piece about um, that they talked about yearning as well. Um, Because I I feel like that at the beginning when she said, like, it's almost like I want to just give up on my desires because I already feel so much better than needing them. But it's at that place where we actually feel like we give up on them that they start to come, you know, because when we need them, they can't come because we're still in resistance. But once we let them go and we surrender, 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 <laughs> and we, our cork, our cork floats, um, then they start to come to us. And so I always think about that place in there that I call trust, you know, trusting the universe, trusting source, trusting our connection, trusting all of it. Um, is when it kind of just falls into our lap. I love this part. And I really do think it's the everyday takeaway for today because there has been a mistaken identity between caring and yearning. And I think what happens is, and she said it so eloquently, she feels like she said, I don't even care anymore, which means in her mind, does that mean I don't want it anymore? It's like, no, actually, it's closer than ever now, right? Because Mm -hmm. we have this, we have associated the feeling of caring with yearning. And when we release yearning, we think we're not, we stop caring, but that's not the case. Um, and, and I do think that that's, that's kind of an interesting point where you can get to the point where it's happy, happy, no matter what I can have this or not. Um, it doesn't mean you, you were giving up on it. It's actually means you're giving into it. And, um, when they talk about resistance, I always think about my thing. Resistance is judgment. 
So um, if I'm feeling resistant, I always have to ask myself, what? how am I judging myself right now? What's my judgment of myself? It's a good practice. I like that too. And, um, you know, it, it really is that understanding too, that our desires are limited by our beliefs too. And that as we shift our beliefs and our, our way that we see things, and again, beliefs are no big deal. They're just how we think about something habitually. That's how Abraham sort of divine, defines a belief. As we shift those habits, it's really interesting how what we want seems closer than ever, seems easier than ever. As they send, as they mentioned with prosperity, you know, you want prosperity, but you've got all these beliefs about how you haven't been educated enough or in the wrong time, wrong place, wrong family. And um, we were just actually talking about that before where, you know, you could come from money, you could come from big money, like billions of dollars, but have all this kind of resistance about it coming to you. And then the experience of prosperity could be as horrible as not having any money at all. Well, because it's really about our beliefs. And it's about any kind of um, imprisonment. Imprisonment has to do with judgment. So we can have beliefs that keep ourselves stuck in lack and scarcity and fear, or we can have beliefs that open us up and feel abundant and free and in appreciation. And then there's some in between those. Um, but I'm always, that's why I always tell my clients, I'm like, I don't teach you any tools to move down the vibrational scale because life already has its way with us in that way. We just teach you tools on moving up. <laughs> Um, because there's, you know, we already have our beliefs and all of those things that like have us see things and what's not quite right yet, what's not working, what's, you know, like everyone can say that. If you ask every single person on the planet, tell me one thing that's not working in your life, everyone can find at least one thing. And that's where we sort of start to hone in. Um, I also thought it was interesting how they talked about, you know, it's never about the dream being ready for you. It's you being ready for the dream. And and I kind of like that. I mean, it it's sort of, again, it puts the dream in a secure place. Um, it's sort of beaming, 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 but it's, it's me who has to find my way to it, um, or allow it. And, and I think that there is something kind of comforting about that. It's not about earning it or being worthy of it. That's sort of a done deal. It's just now me about releasing enough twisted resistance so that it can just pop in without my efforting. The other part that, um, I think is worth talking about, especially after, last week's show and talking about the election and kind of looking at contrast was, you know, just once again, Abraham must say it a million times, but I have such relief every time they say it is, you know, embrace the contrast, really say to it, Ooh, there must be something, there must be a gift. You are a gift to me. There's something in here for me, whether that be on the micro level, my t flat tire on my way to my important meeting or the macro whatever is happening in the broader um, collective. It, this idea of embracing it and seeing, you know, oh, this is a gift. There's something in here for me to get more clear, to release more resistance. The contrast is actually readying us to receive the dream. Right. It's so true. And I was thinking about it like a lot of times I think we think that our goal is to release contrast or release resistance. Um, but we can't have any temperature gauge without it. Um, I'm looking at a new school for my daughter, and I was reading um, a part of this website 
um, at the school and it, and it's, I want to read a couple sentences. It says, um, we believe that, that we truly learn about ourselves when faced with conflict, conflict and struggle, both external and internal are not experiences to be avoided, but rather embrace moving forward is a two step forward, one step back process. If we're constantly moving forward at a steady pace without slip setbacks and disappointments, it's unlikely that any true learning and growth has occurred. Right. And, but the piece that's really interesting is we keep it in our heads, that belief of, Oh, I screwed that up. Oh, I did that wrong. Oh, I should have known better, you know, and that way that we beat ourselves up. But if we said, oh, well, of course, I have to have this experience, right? Of course, that's how I'm going to learn. Of course, that's how I'm going to grow. How would the world look if every time we, you know, whatever had contrast, we would be like, yay, that was awesome, you know? Exactly. You know, I can't remember who the actress is now, and it's going to pop right after we stop recording. But I remember she was saying that, you know, what she loved so much about her dad is that every night at the dinner table, he would say, instead of what successes did you have? He would say, how did you fail today? Because failure means you're expanding. It means you're trying. It means you're moving toward who you want to be. So they would go around the table and they would talk about their biggest failure that day. And it oh, would actually be, oh <laughs> I know it would be like, oh, you know, 10 points. That was a big flop. That was a major failure. Way to go. That means you really were out there um, really absor absorbing the contrast and letting it expand you and teach you and show you. And I thought, wow, what a different way to grow up where you were actually competing with <laughs> your level of failure. What a, what an interesting concept, right? Well, I think I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that or, or, um, take that, whoever it is. I hope you find out, remember who it is so I can give them credit for it. Um, and then add it to what we usually do when we go around the table is, um, you know, what's one thing positive that happened to you today or what was one thing that one good thing that popped up for you today and you could do both, right? You could do what's your, what's your failure today and what's your appreciation today and why not look at both sides? Yeah. I think that's kind of a complete set. Um, right. because you're looking at both the, um, the place where you were aligned. Yay. And the places where you were not aligned. Yay. Yeah. And, and stop judging one is better than the other. Uh, because I think that we have missed, uh, we haven't really understood the importance of the contrast. And, um, and, and I think that that's an interesting practice and to embrace failure, quote unquote failure as an opportunity to get more clear on desires, to get more clear and to ready oneself. Again, I keep thinking like, you know, that, that we're, we're really being primed for this experience and that, that spirit is actually leading us, our, our inner entourage, our, our cadre is leading us into these delicious contrast experiences because they know that on the other side of it, we'll be ready to embrace the dream. And, and it really allows you to relax with whatever's happening in your life today. Relax. There, there's nothing happening outside of this system. Um, because it's all controlled by that, the law of attraction and these beautiful energies that surround us, you know, the, you know, the ones that brought the sun up. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's interesting because if we're not judging ourselves, whether it was like the good day or the not good day or whatever, and this guy that I'm studying with um, NLP, he would just say, instead of saying, I had a bad day, you could just say, my brain, my brain was tired and my brain had some you know, um, thoughts that weren't aligned, but it's not, it's not about me. It was just my brain. <laughs> like, separate that. 
Yeah, um, me in this evolution. Yeah, and so to have that question, like if we're going around the dinner table and asking those two questions, and then what's the one thing that you failed with today? What what don't you want? What would you learn you don't want about that? And what is it you are wanting? You know, just taking it all the way to the um, – to this, you know, step, step one, what did you learn you don't want? And step two, what is it that you are wanting in that because of the contrast? It's a good thing. It's a beautiful system. And we've come to the end of our time today with you this week. And we, we hope that you have heard something, your everyday takeaway that will um, just lighten your heart as you go through the week and really trusting the universe that it's got your back and your front and your sides and all of it. And you can simply watch it unfold in great anticipation of better, better, better. So we thank you for joining us. And um, every week, thank you again, Heather. We'd like to say, feel good, sister. High five, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for more ways to align with your source and start living the life you intended to live. Everyday Attraction is a part of the Align Radio Network at www.alignradio.com and sponsored by Send Out Cards. Check out www.sendoutcards.com forward slash attraction.